Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast hosted by Bumper Pool Stands. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who left Kellen Mond for dead after his performance against UCLA. Oh, yeah, you, you must be referring to uh, Trey Newman there, right? No, no, I'm no. Pretty sure it was you. Damn. Yeah, that's me, Ryan Newman. And by the other brother who correctly predicted that Alabama would win every regular season game last year by double digits. Yes, I got one. That was Trey Newman. That was a pretty good one, too. Yep, very good. All right, this is probably going to be our most downloaded episode of the year thus far. It's the SEC West preview. No pressure, Mike. I know. Oh, shoot. (laughs) Don't put that in my head right now, Ryan. Um, So we thought this would be a good time to announce our Yahoo College Football Pick'em League for the 2019 season. The winner is going to get three surprise gifts, one from each bro. Could be a t-shirt, could be a gift card, could be really anything. Who knows what? Who knows? It's a mystery box. (laughs) Uh, So if you want to find a link to join, go to our Twitter, at CFB Bros., Go to our Facebook, facebook.com slash college football bros, or Instagram at college football bros. Uh, while you're at it, also go online, leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts if you like the show. Ryan, why don't you read one of our reviews from last week? Sure. It's from uh, Jesus is Awesome. Uh, what I love about the bros is that we get facts, statistics, and reasonable conjecture without too much personal bias. So far, this podcast is helping me get through the next month until the season begins, but I'll be sticking around and during the season as well to stay up to date on the teams that I know less about. Awesome. Gracias. Great review. Uh, Trey, we got another review? Yeah, from Zach Pokes. I loved y'all's analysis on Oklahoma State, and it got me super pumped for the season until I heard Ryan predict Baylor to win the Big 12 and now I'm not so confident in your predictions. <laughs> well, uh, Zach, I I, I kind of have to agree. Yeah, yeah. It's entertaining, no? That's true. That's one way to put it. Yeah, I guess it's entertaining. I it, mean, we could have gone all three Oklahoma and it would have just been super boring. And we all would have been right, but... <laughs> We've gotten some good content out of it, Ryan. Yeah, and if they sure. win, if they actually win, oh. I know. <laughs> that's going to be great. Talk about crazy predictions. Charlie Brewer for Heisman for Ryan. Yeah, you never know. All right, let's get to the SEC West. So we will start with a game of Call Me Crazy. Go ahead, Ryan. All right, Call Me Crazy, but I think the SEC West will lose no more than two non-conference games. So I looked very closely at everybody's schedule. Alabama is not losing, of course. Arkansas... Wait a sec, Duke, Ryan? You don't think Duke is... uh... (laughs) No? Without Daniel Jones, they don't stand a chance. <laughs> yeah, with Daniel Jones. Oh, yeah. Oh, with man. Daniel Jones, it's a nail-biter. Uh, yeah, so Alabama isn't losing. Arkansas, if you take a look at their schedule, I mean, they really shouldn't lose either. I mean, it's possible, but they shouldn't. Um, and I think the other five teams are set up pretty well, too. I mean, there's some tough games in there, but I, I like them. So, I don't know. What do you guys think? I'm going to call you crazy here. If you If you set the line at two and a half losses, I'm taking the over. So I'll just I'll go through a few games here. A and M plays at Clemson. Yeah, that's the loss. Yeah, okay. Let's mark that up as a loss. <laughs> that's one. Boom. Uh, Ole Miss plays at Memphis. They're like a six point dog in that game, so could be a second loss right there. That w- those were my two. 
losses. Okay, well, I've got plenty more, Ryan. Nah, okay, let's see. Auburn plays Oregon. Nah, it's going to be a dub. And LSU plays at Texas. Now, Two dubs. <laughs> great analysis, Ryan. Thanks. No, I do actually like the SEC teams in those two matchups, but they're only small favorites, so more likely than not, one of them will lose. Nah, nah. I'm already to three pretty easily right there. Yeah, yeah, Ryan, you're, you're crazy because Ole Miss also has to play cal at home i mean oh I, boy no i know i know cal's <laughs> offense is isn't that good but they've Watch got out for chase garber it's gonna throw all over him okay but their defense is really good i mean like ole miss isn't just gonna run over anybody that on their schedule so i mean there's there's op uh obstacles in front of them so i'm i think you're crazy if you would have said three i would have started to think more right okay fair enough all right next one call me crazy but i think there is a real chance of three SEC teams making the playoff. I kind of want this to happen because, like, people would go crazy and it would be pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, even if they're deserving, you know, right? And I'm about to to say the scenario where they would be deserving. Okay, so let's say Alabama and Georgia both go undefeated. That's not crazy. I defy you guys no, to say happen. if anything I say is crazy here, then call me out. But so far, you're good. Okay, so they they both go undefeated. No matter what happens in the SEC championship, let's just say it's close. They're both pretty much guaranteed to be in. Okay, so there's two. Yep. And then let's say LSU went 11-1 and with the one loss, a close one, at Alabama. So that means they won on the road against Big 12 champ Texas, eliminating the Big 12. <laughs> yeah, right. What's that? Yeah, right. Big 12 champ. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's in this hypothetical, that's what they are. That's not well, that, that crazy. No, that's crazy. Yeah, but it but it is a little crazy that they have a close loss at Bama. But yeah, go ahead. Uh, I mean, it's not crazy, but that's that's an element. Even if they lost by a decent margin, eleven and one with your only loss at Bama. Yeah, and I don't I don't think they will do that. But go ahead, right? Okay, and then the Pac twelve has a week two loss champion. Let's say they're out in the Big Ten. Nebraska upsets Michigan or Ohio State in the Big Ten championship. You're crazy. That's crazy all these things together for sure i mean all right well just i said individually right <laughs> if anything individually all right i mean crazy. nebraska beating michigan or ohio state in the championship would be pretty crazy all right well then something crazy happens then okay and then you've got three sec teams and clemson in there boom boom you're there who's who's gonna call me crazy yep i'm i'm gotta do it oh. it's uh i don't i don't see it happening i mean i totally get your alabama and georgia argument i'm but I'm just having a real hard time seeing the the path for LSU. I'm not saying they 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 would get there if they were 11 and one, but I just don't see that happening. I guess the only team that I would say in the SEC that could make it a third would be Florida, because I just see their schedule being more favorable uh, to get to 11 and one. But I just I really I don't see that happening either. Yeah, and that's the problem. I had to choose someone with a very tough schedule because to be the third team, they're you're going to need to prove a lot, but surprised you didn't take Joe Moorhead. Yeah, you know that was. I felt like LSU was a little more realistic, eleven and one. I also, <laughs> right. if you take Auburn, that would have been an even easier argument because their schedule is so tough. I mean, it'd be tougher right. for them to go eleven and one, but yeah, sure. So, Ryan, you going to call me crazy? I'm calling you crazy as well. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, you just went on for like a minute about all the things that needed to happen. <laughs> it was like a perfect storm of stuff, and it's just it ain't going to happen. I mean, it's plausible. It is possible, but 
to actually think it could happen or will happen it would be insane. So Ryan, if I flip heads or tails, it, it could land heads, and that's not crazy. Now, if I do that three million times, each individual, each individual one of them is not crazy. So you can't say three million heads is crazy. Sure could. Okay. Yeah. See, I just yeah poked poked a hole in my logic there. <laughs> sure did. All right. What's next, Trey? Call me crazy. Deja vu here, but Alabama will win every game in the regular season by double digits. Oh boy! So going back to the well, they're they're favored by double digits in every game right now, and I really only see a couple opportunities where they could win by less than ten, and it's New Mexico State and Western Carolina, of course. Oh, of course. Oh, of course. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It goes without saying, but uh, no. But seriously, I'm really only seeing maybe at A and M and at Auburn, but. I still think they win by double digits. Yeah, I think you're crazy. I'm not as high as I usually am about their defense. Obviously, the offense is going to be incredible, but I just see the defense giving up a few too many points for for that to happen to win by double digits every game. It's, I mean, I know they did it last year, but to repeat that would be incredible. So I, I think they're actually going to drop a game this year. So I'm going to say, yeah, you're crazy. Yeah, I'm going to say you're crazy as well. I mean, I... I don't know how often that happens. I'm guessing it's like once a decade or something. <laughs> yeah. So 95 Nebraska. Yeah. 95 Nebraska did it. But, you know, based on the odds I'm looking at, Ryan's right. They're not even favored to go 12 and 0. I think if the if their win total was set at 11 and a half, the under might be a slight favorite and much less winning all 12 by double digits. Right. So I know it happened last year. Maybe I'll be wrong again. I'm sure I'm, I called you crazy last year, but I'm doing it again. Yep. Got to do it. And it's not even an argument against Alabama. Like, I can't really knock them at all. It's just... No, it's just too hard to do. It's hard to do. Yeah. Uh, now, Clemson, they might do it this year. They, yeah, true. <laughs> with yeah. the way the ACC is. Yeah, exactly. Okay, let's get to our tiered rankings for the SEC West. Ryan, who is our one and only contender? Alabama. The Crimson Tide. Their uh, win total set at 11, with the over being the big favorite at minus 160. I don't really need to talk, talk too much about that offense. Tua comes back. I mean, they should be incredible. I mean, maybe the best offense in the country this year because Oklahoma might take a little bit of a step back, come back down to earth a little bit. But like I mentioned a minute ago, I'm a little bit worried about their defense, you know, at least when you compare it to the normal Alabama standard. Uh, because, I mean, they're still going to be really good, but maybe not quite elite. You saw at times last year, there are a few kinks in the armor. They were 19th in the country in yards per play. Not exactly elite there. Depth in the front seven was a bit of an issue, and the secondary was, wasn't always elite. Uh, so I think those those front seven, like that, I think they still have those depth concerns, maybe even more so this year. Um, Raquan Davis comes back. He, he should be the leader of that D-line, and he needs a bounce back year. He had eight and a half sacks as a sophomore, but just one and a half this past year, so... If this D-line is going to dominate, he's going to have to to get back to that sophomore form. I do like LeBron Ray on the other side. I think he's going to have a big year. But the problem is all their backups are going to be freshmen. I know they're super talented, but you'd hope for at least a couple of experienced backups back there. So, you know, linebackers kind of the same thing. You got a couple of front runners, Dylan Moses and Anthony Jennings. But after them, eh, I don't know. I can't really point to anybody that's going to dominate like they're used to. So, so I'm just going to have to take uh, the under here on the Crimson Tide. I know it sounds crazy, but I just feel like they're not quite at that elite standard. 
I do I do agree, Ryan, about uh, you saying that Raquan Davis has to has to have a big year for that D line. I, I think he will just because especially with the losses of Williams and Bugs on that that line, it's really gonna help him. He'll be I think he's gonna be the star. And, you know, for the offense, breaking news, they're they're gonna be good. I mean, I'm I'm done with the preview. They're they're just gonna be good. Yeah. No, but they not much else needs to be said. But the one thing for Alabama is they have to break in seven new coaches. That's a huge number. I mean, that's, that's a good point. That's that's a lot. Um, but regardless, the offense will be just fine. Tua gets his top four receivers back. And they're easily the best receiving unit in the country. You got Judy, Ruggs, Smith, Waddle. I mean, probably the fastest as well. Yeah, I mean they're they're stacked there. I mean, even if even if Tua doesn't match his season from last year with you know four thousand yards, forty three touchdowns. Bama's going to be just fine. A name to look out for is five-star freshman Trey Sanders that they'll work into the mix as well. So uh, I I like Alabama. You know, I, I said they'd win by double digits. I mean, it, I wouldn't be shocked if they they maybe lost a game, but uh, but I think they win them all and and go over. I agree with you, Trey. I'm I'm going over. Um, I do think it's the best offense in the country, Brian. I, I agree with that and. We didn't even mention. I mean, there's so much talent on that offense. We haven't even mentioned uh, Najee Harris at running back. Who, it was kind of by committee last year, but it it seems like Najee will be like uh, one of their lead backs. You know, like they've been used to in the past. Yeah, seems like he's going to get a, a huge workload. So, yeah, they're great. Now, I I don't worry as much about the defense as you do, Ryan. I know Trey, you mentioned the loss of of Quinn and Williams and Isaiah Bugs, and those guys were insanely productive. So those are big losses, but I mean, Quinn and Williams, the way we think of him now, we didn't think of him like that before this past season. You know, that's because he he broke out. I mean, guys always break out for Alabama. So someone, you know, someone on this front seven, probably multiple people are going to turn into stars. Hopefully they get Terrell Lewis back healthy at outside linebacker. That would help. Maybe the five-star freshman defensive end, Antonio Alfano, will have a big season. Who knows? It's going to come from someone they always have a great defense. That yards per play stat that you mentioned last year, Ryan, I don't know if that's because towards the end of games, they were blowing teams out and so they had backups in. Not sure, but mm, maybe I'm I'm not concerned. So I will go over. Okay. Next, we will move on to the dark horses. Trey, who's our first dark horse? LSU. Their over under is set at nine with the over being favored at minus 130. So Joe Burrow is back. And while I'm not totally in love with him, he should take a step forward in year two of this offense. They uh, they also bring in the number two ranked running back, John Emery Jr. So if he can live up to a little bit of the hype in his freshman year, that could really elevate this offense because their running game wasn't all that effective last season. I expect it to improve just mainly because they have a lot of experience at the O-line. They got guys on the outside like Justin Jefferson coming back. He was the primary receiver. Five other top receivers come back as well. The defense, while I won't get into too many details, I I love them. They they did lose a little bit of talent to the NFL, but they they've recruited so well. They've got so much, so many stars on that side of the ball that I'm I really like. So I'm going to go over on LSU because of that defense, and I think that Burrow will take at least a, a little bit step forward. I don't think he's enough to to maybe overthrow Alabama in the division, but uh, but I like LSU to go over. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you, Trey. I'm going to go over here on LSU, and I'm excited about the offense. Like, I think they they are going to take a step forward here because you know they're bringing in a new passing game coordinator who learned under Joe Moorhead. They're bringing in the RPO. I know it feels like we hear this a lot about LSU modernizing the offense, but <laughs> I'm thinking this is actually the year where it's happening. So, and and even if they weren't, even if everyone just came back and they ran back the same offense, you would expect an improvement with everything they have coming back. And you're right, that defense is one of the best in the country. The secondary is the best in the country with Grant Delpit at safety, Christian Fulton at corner, and maybe the guy I'm most excited to watch, Derek Stingley, the true freshman at corner. He should, I think he should replace Greedy Williams just fine if, if he lives, yep. if he lives up to the hype. Now, the front seven also has a bunch of playmakers coming back. Richard Lawrence at defensive end, Jacob Phillips and Michael Divinity at linebacker, plus they add an extra pass rusher, Kalevon Chason, who got injured in game one last season, but looked really good in, in the one game that he, he played at least last year. So yeah, I'm, I'm loving this team. I think they're stacked. I'm going to go over. Yeah, it's a clean sweep here for LSU. I have a really hard time finding four losses for them, which would make you, that would make them go under. I'm not seeing it. So I've taken the over as well. I think Joe Burrow is going to be more comfortable in that RPO type offense. I mean, he was very, he had that a lot at Ohio State. Urban Meyer's offense was all about running a lot of RPOs. So I think he's going to be more comfortable. I think they'll allow him to take more chances, take more control. And he's got so many athletes to work with. Why not take advantage of him? Speed up the offense a little bit. Get him out in space. So I'm very excited about that. They were 30th in S&P Plus offense last year. I don't see why they can't jump into the top 20. And when you combine that with that elite defense that you guys are talking about, I mean, it's it's looking good in Baton Rouge. So it's a, it's a clean sweep here. We're going over. Okay, next up we have Auburn. Their win total is set at eight, and the under is a minus 170 favorite, huge favorite, because the schedule is brutal. Yeah, again. But I'm still going to take the plus money over here. I really like Auburn. We know the defense is going to be great. The D-line might be the best in the country. Derek Brown, Nick Coe, Marlon Davidson all coming back. The question mark, of course, is the offense. I like the fact that Gus Malzahn is is taking over play calling duties that, of course, looked very good in the bowl game last year. And I'm expecting the quarterback to be Joey Gatewood, the the redshirt freshman who was a top 50 recruit, a huge dual. Hey, Michael, get this. I just saw the odds for him to be the favorite or for him to start. He's a minus 185 favorite to start week one. Oh, wow. 185. I saw 150. Wow. It's even gone up. So, wow. Yeah, that's kind of the buzz out of there is that he's favored. I, it's it's not a runaway yet, no. for sure. Bo, Bo Nix has a chance. But either way, I just think, and Bo Nix, for those of you who don't know, if you're listening to this, you probably do, but he was a, a five-star true freshman recruit. Now, I just don't think Stidham last year performed all that great. So, I think these not guys... bad, but... No, he wasn't bad. He was good, but... I actually think these guys have a chance to be better even this year, especially with all five starters back on the O-line, all seniors, a couple of promising sophomores back at receiver, Seth Williams, Anthony Schwartz. They also get uh, the senior Will Hastings back, who was hurt all of last year. Right. You add in Booby Whitlow in the backfield. I'm, I really like this team. I'm, I'm all in on this over with, with that, that plus money. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you here, Mike. I'm also very high uh, on Auburn this year, and you kind of alluded to it, but if this team had Jared Stidham coming back, I feel like the national perception of Auburn would be way different than it is right now. I mean, I feel like they'd be in the top 10 in preseason rankings, a legit playoff contender, 
because they have everything else that you really need. Yeah. It's just that QB position. And like you said, I, I think it might even be an improvement this year. Those guys are really, really talented freshmen. So Ryan, before we hopped on the podcast, you were telling me you thought Joey Gatewood was the next Cam Newton. Is that what you said? Um, maybe you misheard me a little bit, but oh, uh, really? <laughs> you know, I guess I did make up that conversation, so it's possible I misheard. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but I mean, he's gonna be good. I, I like both of them. I like Bo Nix too. I think he was gonna be once he's done with his career, whether it's at Auburn or somewhere else. Whatever, he's gonna be a great player as well. Um, they do lose their two leading receivers. He kind of maybe glossed over that uh, Ryan Davis and Darius Slayton. Yeah, so that will hurt a little bit but like you mentioned they do have other talent coming back um and the defense really all you mentioned was the offense or the defensive line now you kind of maybe want to be a little bit worried about the linebacking core they lost everybody and they had some pretty good playmakers there that didn't fit into my narrative ryan no it didn't at all but they do have some good (laughs) options i'll give you that they got kj Britt, and they bring in a five-star freshman owen papo who's looks awesome so that kid's gonna be really good secondary should also be really good Despite losing Jamel Dean, they got four guys back with starting experience, including their two safeties, uh, Jeremiah Dinson and Daniel Thomas. Great duo there at safety. Yep. So overall, high on Auburn, going to take the over. You guys are really just don't even care that it's just some unknown commodities at fresh or I mean, at, at quarterback. I uh, yeah, I, I mean, listen, I, I trust Malzahn to, to develop then. But man, against this schedule, especially starting out against Oregon, I think it might take a little time. So I'm I'm just a I'm not as optimistic on the offense. I, I love Malzahn. I like the fact that he's he is calling the plays, like you said, Michael. I think that can only help, but I just I don't trust them en- enough yet. Um, especially since the offensive line last year, I know they return a lot, but they were inconsistent at times last year because it was the first time in a decade that they didn't have a thousand yard rusher. So I'm I'm just a little bit concerned about that offense, and it's kind of ironic that we're talking about Malzahn and, and the offense. But uh, and then you guys have touched on the defense. That D line is kind of similar to Clemson's line last year with all their returning talent. But behind him, there's there's some holes, and so I think Kevin Steele is really going to need that D line to dominate in order for them not to be um, at least a little more vulnerable on the back end. So with the unknowns. I'm just a, and the young quarterbacks. I I got to go under with this schedule. Wow. Yeah, the schedule. The schedule is rough. Do you guys know the two teams that they drew from the East? I know they play Florida. Uh, Florida and Georgia. Florida and Georgia. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, they play Georgia every year. That's, yeah, it's rough. That is that is not fair. Yeah, that's that's brutal. Throwing Oregon, toughy. Yep, exactly. All right, let's uh, let's move on to our our next dark horse. Okay. Our next dark horse is Texas A&M. The Aggies, their over-unders set at 7.5 with the uh, over being favored at minus 125. You know, I really like the direction of this program. How can you not? I mean, Jimbo Fisher has turned them around really, really quickly. Recruiting is just on another level that they've never seen before. But I see, yes, a but there, Mike. Oh, wow. Is this a thick butt, Ryan? or just was a a great butt. Okay. (laughs) It was a big butt. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) And he doesn't lie. No, I don't. Uh, but I see a, <laughs> I see a bit of a year two slump because of their really really hard schedule and their youth. Uh, of their projected twenty two starters, they might only start like two or three seniors. So while I see a, a dip this year, you know, watch out for them in like two thousand twenty when they, all those guys have experience. Yeah, um, I was going to bring up the same thing. They're going to be super good in twenty twenty. Right. 
Yep. And in 2026, man. I mean, I'm looking ahead all the way there. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to start at the QB position. My boy, Kellen Mond, had a very good sophomore year. He does lose his leading receiver and safety blanket, Chase Sternberger at tight end. That's that's a big loss. Uh, And Travion Williams, their leading rusher, was very underrated. Nationally, was awesome. He's gone big shoes to fill there. Um, Other than those guys, they do pretty much return everybody. Uh, and the offensive line should be pretty good. They were during the bulk of their starters there. I'm more worried about the defense. Uh, just one returning starter in their front seven. They were 10th in S&P plus defense last year. They were very, very good. That's one of the big reasons why they had such a good year. So I just do not see them being able to repeat that with all the talent they lost. So a bit of a hiccup this year. 2020 is going to be good. So I'm going to go under on the Aggies. I agree with you, Ryan. I'm I'm going under. I still think the offense, even losing those weapons, is is going to be really good. I'll be interested to see uh, the number one freshman tight end recruit, Baylor Cup, how he does this year, and you know the receiving core with Courtney Davis. I I still think is is solid. But yeah, that all the losses on that defense. I know Mike Elko is a, a great coordinator, but you know they still have Justin Matabike. He's good. He's great, but yeah, the rest of that front seven is a bit more questionable. And with the secondary last year kind of struggled as it was against the pass 98th in the country yeah i'm i'm concerned about that this year and i need five losses to win this bet i'm going under five losses at clemson at georgia at lsu and alabama that might be four right there yeah just need one more maybe they'll upset one of those teams but could easily be four losses then i just need one more so yep yeah that that slate is just ridiculous it's it's brutal i mean it's that's that's about as hard as it gets it is it is now you guys have touched on it i mean this year is going to be a real springboard for next year just because of all the the youth that they're going to play and the the recruiting that they've had is just insane so that's really gonna you know springboard them to the future so i mean i don't really have anything else to add i'm i'm super high on this the future but not not this year under all right trey who is our final dark horse yeah, we've got Mississippi Mississippi State. Easy for me to say. The over-under is 7.5, with the over being favored at minus 160. So if the Bulldogs want to improve, they need to be able to pass the ball well. You know, It sounds obvious, but last year with Ryan's favorite quarterback, Fitzgerald, they just they couldn't throw effectively. I do like Fitzgerald, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Either Moorhead's old player at Penn State, Tommy Stevens, or Keaton Thompson – they're they're going to have a lot of pressure on their backs because neither of them really scare me with their arm, especially Thompson, despite how athletic he really is. Everywhere else, though, the offense is set. I like that they have Kylan Hill back at running back. The top three receivers are coming back. They also got the K-State transfer, Isaiah Zuber, on the outside coming in. They got 65 starts on the offensive line returning. So out, if their quarterback play can just show some consistency, this offense has a has a lot of potential. So I'm going to trust Moorhead there. The defense, it was just insane last year under Bob Shoup, but they do lose the guys like Montez Sweat, Jeffrey Simmons on that line. So you would think they'd at least take a step back, but I, I'm, I'm still confident in them. They return their core at linebacker. They do lose a, a couple in the, in the, at, at safety, but they developed a lot of players last year on on D. So I I really trust Bob Shoop and that side of the ball. I think they're going to get over that seven and a half wins this year. Yeah, I'm going to have to disagree with you here, Trey. I, I'm not as high uh, on Mississippi State just because of 
Like they're not going to be able to throw the ball still. I, I who Keaton Thompson can't throw. Tommy Stevens, if he was such a good thrower, why wouldn't he have stayed at Penn State and for sure been the guy? He waited patiently there for three years. Why did he leave? Well, maybe he just didn't want to be. I guess he sort of is in a competition here with with Keaton Thompson. I was going to say he left because he didn't want to be in a, a close competition. But uh, speaking of betting odds here with quarterbacks, Tommy Stevens is currently the minus one seventy betting favorite so oh really wow. interesting yeah if if keaton thompson starts yeah, i that's would, bad news i know i do think that's bad news because i really think we know more about his arm not being great yeah tommy stevens there's still a little little bit of unknown there maybe he can yeah. be a good passer but anyway yep totally with you on there I, I i'm just not banking on it i'm not high i just don't think he's going to be a, a good passer okay and the defense it is going to take a major step back I mean, they lose so many starters. I know they had good depth last year, Troy. You kind of alluded to that. But, I mean, Jeffrey Simmons, Montez Sweat, those guys were like once in a generation type for for Mississippi State. How often do they have such good players on their defense? And they have two all-conference safeties are gone. I mean, they're gone. They're, they, <laughs> <laughs> they are, Ryan. You're right. I mean, no one's arguing that. Michael, I guess they're gone. <laughs> they're gone, guys. They're gone. I don't know. I just, I've got concerns. Like, they don't recruit amazing, so I don't feel like they're going to have amazing talent replacing them. So, uh, yeah, give me the under here. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess you make some good points there. I'm just taking the positive side of Tommy Stevens, you know. And Joe Moorhead. Well, clearly Joe Moorhead. I do think we'll see a year two jump for Joe Moorhead. He he has a complicated offense, and I'm thinking maybe maybe it took more than one year to to put in. And Tommy Stevens, of course, learned it well. Like he he learned it for a few years under Moorhead. So I think that's that's huge to bring him in. And I also like Trey trust Bob Shoop with the defense. And they were last year. It might have been the best defense in the country. Like it it might have been better than Clemson, which sounds crazy, but it, it it might be true. So even if they fall, there's some room to fall and still be very good. They've still got some, even some good players on the D line. Chauncey Rivers played a lot last year. They they rotated a lot, so right. There's there's still some good players there on the front seven. Errol Thompson at linebacker. Are they going to be able to rotate like they did last year? This year? No, they're not, Ryan. Which is why they won't be the number one defense, but maybe mm. they'll be number ten, and that would still. I just feel like the offense will improve more than the defense will regress. I agree with I that. Disagree. I agree. I disagree with that. Nick Fitzgerald, Ryan. You you love to trash Nick, trash Nick Fitzgerald. I know, but I I think I'll, these next two guys up in line, I'll probably be ended up trashing them too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, but 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 outside of the quarterback, they have a lot coming back. So yeah, well, those guys were there last year. <laughs> Ryan's such a hater. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, the other thing I like about Mississippi State, they have a manageable non-conference schedule. Plus, they draw Kentucky and Tennessee from the East. That that helps. So I I think the schedule kind of works out well. To, to get to eight wins so i am making the fighting joe moorheads by the way joe moorhead where did he coach uh penn state no fordham head coach fordham <laughs> did a great job there he's gonna take those lessons they're going eight and four i'm gonna make it my lock what what's fordham's nickname mike what's that i know this what's fordham's nickname the rams okay oh good job Very good. don't challenge my joe moorhead knowledge right <laughs> yeah, <true. laughs> in good front point. of the listeners putting me on the spot like that <laughs> good point all right let's get to the long shots oh i gotta keep talking here yeah Ole miss the win total is set at five the under is a minus 140 favorite 
And this is a big year for Matt Luke. His seat is definitely... Is it? Is it? Well, I mean, if he goes... So, okay, if he goes four and eight, do you think he sticks around? No, I don't. So then is, why isn't it a big year? Because I feel like it's just inevitable that they're they're not going to really have a good year. <laughs> oh, wow. I feel like he probably doesn't think that. He probably thinks he still has a chance, right? Yeah, good point. All right, go I on. I think he does. He's recruiting well. At least he's doing that. Okay. So Fair enough. If he can start to show some progress on the field, then you know he can still save his job. He made some interesting hires uh, at coordinators at the coordinator spots. Mike McIntyre, of course, the former Colorado coach at defensive coordinator, and Rich Rod at offensive coordinator that's exciting rich rod ryan you excited about that yeah i know i like rich rod that i like him yeah now unfortunately the offense loses just about everyone their best yeah their best three receivers including aj brown their tight end dawson knox three starters on the o-line so even though i'm I'm optimistic about scotty phillips at running back and i like the new quarterback redshirt freshman matt corral i i liked what i saw from him in the he could be golden oh wow yeah, someone's probably already made that joke, but yeah, we've alluded probably. to that in the past on this pod. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, probably Trey. Uh, I don't. I don't think they're going to have a ton of help around them. Those those two guys. So not super high on the offense. The defense at least brings back a lot of production, and they added some good JUCOs at every level. So they're going to improve, but they're still going to be bad. I mean, they're they're not starting from a great place. So they were the worst in the conference last year. Right, exactly. That's not good. No. You're just adding to my point, Ryan. Thank, Thank you. you for that. You're welcome. So I'm going under here. I mean, I think five and seven is probably most likely, but you're making me choose. I'm going under. Yeah, I I really like this. the The marriage of Richrod and Matt Corral could really work out well. Um, yeah. The the problem, you know, you Michael, you mentioned all all the losses, and that's true. But they do res- return a guy like Elijah Moore. He'll probably be. The, the safety blanket at receiver. He had a really solid freshman year. Scotty Phillips, Michael, you mentioned him being back. He almost had a thousand yards despite not really playing the entire season. So there, there are some pieces for Rich Rod to work with. The, the defense can only get better. You guys talked about how, how poor it was, but I think switching to a three, four that with the, the talent that they still at least have returning, it can, it can only be on the up and up. You got guys like junior linebacker, Mohamed Sanogo, he led them in tackles last year, and I think he'll have a big year, at least a, a big enough year to propel the defense to to better than where they were. So I'm not I'm not so down on on Ole Miss, but against their schedule, I'm not super high either. But I think five's the right number. So I'm actually gonna go push. Not higher, not lower, but push. Wow, you guys and your pushes, you're so weak. <laughs> That's the second push of the offseason. Good job, Trey. Welcome to the club. Yeah, and it, there's not gonna be a third one from me. I'll tell you that. Wow. All right, Ryan. You're just Yeah. I guess you don't have the confidence to pick pick a win total on the dot. Wow. <laughs> you're just too scared. Um, okay, guys, I, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm very low on Ole Miss. They had the number one passing offense in the SEC last year. I don't think maybe a lot of people would have been able to just guess that had you asked. Jordan Tamu was way underrated and their receivers were elite. Those three guys that they lost, they were elite. And I, they're going to take a huge, huge, huge step back. Uh, and Trey, you mentioned that they're switching to the three, four. I mean, that's going to take some massive growing pains there. That's just not like a flip of the switch. And oh, yeah, it's going to be great. I mean, those guys were recruited for a 4-3. So I'm uh, definitely concerned about that. They're, I think they'll still be the worst defense in the conference this year. And they're, they're still feeling the effects of the, the scholarship reductions that they had. This was the first class that came in that they finally were able to, they're back up to 85 now. So 
but they're still those guys that they brought in are still going to be young first year players so it's hard to count on them this year so you know they got a lot of toss-up games i'll give you that so it could kind of kind of go either way but so they could push nah (laughs) they're gonna go under they're gonna go under and i'm actually gonna make that my lock ah all right we are to our last long shot who's that ryan we got a uh, pig suey. We got Arkansas there un- over under set at five and a half with the under being favored there at minus 150. And Chad Morris certainly has got a lot of work to do after going two and 10 last year. But I will say that they were 0 and 4 in one score games last year. So a little bit unlucky. Mike, you like to mention that. I do. I do. Uh, so I, I do think this team is going to be better overall, but they do still have a lot of shortcomings. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see who wins the QB job. You got Ben Hicks, who transferred in from SMU, who used to play for Chad Morris, and you also got Texas A&M transfer Nick Starkle. I'm thinking Ben Hicks, just because he's got the experience with Chad Morris. Um, Yeah, he's the favorite right now. I don't remember the odds, but he is the favorite. Right. But it's just like, he wasn't very good at SMU. He completed 56% of his passes his junior year in the American. I mean, so now he's going to go up against SEC SEC defenses every week with an underman team. I mean, I'm not very encouraged by that. Uh, so I think whoever wins the job, they're both going to get opportunities to play in my eyes. So the defense should be better though. John Chavis, he's a proven defensive coordinator. I think the pressure will be better this year, especially the four seniors on that D line led by Sosa Aguim. He's, he's a beast. He is a, a very good yeah. player. Best player on the defense, I think. Uh, but they just well, don't have, yeah, but, but, they just don't have a whole lot of depth. Uh, and they've had so many transfers and recruiting misses. This is going to hold them back. So I, I got to take the under. Yeah. I mean, Chad Morris, he's really working on overhauling this entire roster to to fit his scheme. But scheme and he's going to need to show some improvement this year to help kind of build hope for, for that future. You know, I, I do like at running back uh, Boyd and Whaley and Hayden, them alongside most likely Ben Hicks could be a, a good nucleus to have, but having only two returning offensive linemen could really hamper, hamper them, especially considering they were 118th in total offense last year. They they are apparently also going to mix in some some Juco guys on the line, so hopefully that can plug some holes for them. Ryan, I do agree with what you said about John Chavis, and there, there are some decent pieces coming back, especially that interior of the D line. That's going to be a strength for them, but they really need the edge rushers to step up and create havoc, which is what they really missed out on last year. They, they have a lot of youth on this, this defense. And if you look overall, they won two games last year. So to beat me, they'd have to have a four game improvement. I'm just not seeing it. So I'm going to go under on the Razorbacks. Yeah, it is. It is hard to, to go over on this team, especially with the uh, brutal, brutal division that they're in. Now, the defense, I think it's going to be decent, but it's going to be about like last year. Like, I don't think it's going to improve a ton. Um, Ryan, you brought up Sosa Aguim, another guy at linebacker we should bring up, Dejon Harris, one of the most productive linebackers in the conference. So there's a few good pieces, but overall, it's just okay. And the offense will improve a ton because the quarterbacks last year were so, so bad. So Yeah, Ty Story was certainly not good. Yeah, and neither was um, Cole Kelly. Right. So, yeah, it was not not a good combo. But I do think there's a limit to how much it can improve because I just don't think the supporting cast is very good. I mean, yes, you have Cheyenne O'Grady at tight end, but 
the other receivers, I think it's a lot of question marks. They might need to count on uh, some of those four-star freshmen to come in and and perform right away, and you, you can't always count on that. So while I do think they go 4-0 and in the non-conference, maybe, I, I think it might be 1-7 and in SEC play, and, and that's that's an under. Yep, agreed. All right, that does it for the SEC West, but we actually do have a few more lingering questions about the division, Ryan, so we're going to put you on the hot seat. All right, I'm ready for it. Let's do it. Okay. Okay, Ryan, which under-the-radar player in the division will have a breakout year? Okay, uh, I'm thinking it's going to be Seth Williams, the, the sophomore wide receiver for Auburn. He had a really good freshman year last year he caught 26 balls for 534 yards and five touchdowns so you do the math there that's over 20 yards a catch so he's got that big playability he's built like a truck i mean he's 6'3 225 and i mean whoever ends up winning that qb job looking like gatewood i mean they're gonna have a great receiver to throw to and they're gonna depend on him so i i think he's gonna have a breakout year all right next question if the heisman winner comes from the sec west but it's not tua who is it yeah, that was a tough one. I really had to search and just like think about, man, who's who actually has it? I don't really feel like anybody could really do it. But if I had to pick somebody, I'm going to say Joe Burrow. Uh, I'd expect his numbers to be much improved over last year with the change in that offense. Uh, and I expect LSU to have a good year, maybe be in the playoff hunt. And we all know Heisman, in order to be a contender for the Heisman, your team's got to be pretty good. So that, that gives them a leg up already. And I just wasn't seeing anybody else, so got to go Joe Burrow. Okay. Would you take the SEC or the field to win the national championship? I would have to take the SEC. They've won nine out of the last 13 national championships. And if you look at the betting lines, Alabama is the favorite right now. Georgia is third, and LSU is seventh. But I, I would personally put LSU ahead of Ohio State and Michigan. That's just my opinion. Um so I think if you you go by the odds, I think the SEC would uh, you'd be would be your favorite there. So I'm gonna take uh, I'll, I'd take the SEC. Okay, last question. We're bringing back the death game, Ryan. So we got week two, Alabama at home against New Mexico State. Oh boy! If Alabama loses, you die. Uh huh. If they win, you get five hundred thousand oh, dollars. Are I'd, you taking that bet? Yeah, I take that bet. Okay, five hundred grand. All right, five hundred thousand. <laughs> You guys, I mean, it's New Mexico State is not gonna win. <laughs> I know, but ask for more. I mean, the question was five hundred. If I could take more, I'd get more. But five hundred? Okay, Ryan, one hundred grand. No, no, <laughs> no. That's okay. That doesn't do all move the needle much for me. So. Five hundred though. That's half a mil. That's quite a bit of money. All right. Wow. That would be really fun if somehow we could make that happen. Yeah, I know, right? I wish we could get just like some angel investor and just do that for us. If anyone's listening that's super rich, make it happen for us. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> Might have to hire a hitman, though. Yeah, that too. That too. Also a sociopath. If you're a sociopath that's really wealthy, <laughs> hit us up. Right. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's close out the episode here with a questionable finish. Ole Miss defensive end Breland Speaks is responsible for one of the great gifts on the internet when he waved to the camera after recovering a fumble. But what is your favorite college football gif? Uh, mine would have to be the the LSU fan doing the impression of the T-Rex. 
Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I, t- I don't know why, but I laugh every time I see that. He does it really well. Okay, I thought you were going with the LSU stare girl, but... Nah, it's boring. Okay, all right, fair. My favorite one is the, the Michigan fans surrender Cobra after the trouble with the snap oh, play. Oh, man. The kid with the glasses. Yeah, that that is brutal. I, mean, I feel for that kid, but it's just a great image. It's iconic. Oh, <laughs> imagine being in that situation. Like, Oof, what, how can't. would you react? Probably like that kid. Exactly. It's like, what the? Oh, my now, God. One that I always laugh at is the from an old game, the Texas Tech guy ringing the bell. <laughs> yeah it, yeah that's just a good one yeah. context it doesn't really look like he's ringing the bell but oh my <laughs> right, gosh right that, you've said enough yeah that's a good one um next question who has the best name in the sec west well michael you mentioned booby whitlow and his, his first name is jatarvius that's that's pretty good as well but mm-hmm. but no it's got to be bumper pool yes arkansas <laughs> linebacker he might start this year he, he has a chance yeah that's awesome. All right. I uh, I considered him. I'm going to go with, uh, ooh, I have a, so many choices here. I'm going to go Auburn Safety Smoke Monday. Yeah. I was, I was, it's not his real name. Smoke isn't his real name, but that's the way they listed on the roster. So. Nah, it's, it's Quindarius. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a good one. Okay. Well, Auburn's kind of known for that, I guess, because they have another player who's named Big Cat Bryant. Yep. He's a defensive end. Yep. Also not his real name, but. <laughs> also not his real name. It's Markavius, which is pretty sweet also but i'm surprised nobody mentioned uh, our royce newman offensive guard for ole miss that's that's a good one as well i wanted to mention ole miss defensive tackle sincere david sounds like a great guy sounds like a very sincere man and then lsu has i think a walk-on named tiger shied wow his name's tiger nice and that's his real first name wow crazy how about the wide receiver for a&m courtney davis but it's q-u-a-r-t-n-e-y yeah, is it Q U or Q W? Oh well, either, either way, it's unique. Either way, it's Courtney with a Q. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, last question. At SEC Media Days, Nick Saban complained of excessive transfer waivers leading to free agency. Name something as predictable as college football coaches complaining about free agency at Media Days. And I'll go first here. It's as predictable as old people complaining during the holidays that they can't say Merry Christmas anymore. Ah, Ooh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's rough. It's okay. You could say Merry Christmas. <laughs> if there's any old people listening, no one's going to yell at you. Nope. <laughs> no, they won't. It's also as predictable as Michael speaking highly of Joe Moorhead or Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. Very predictable. Very true. It's also as predictable as me overrating Nebraska each year. That it, it happens every year. Fact. It's happened lately. I'll give you that. Yep. <laughs> so, Michael, if if Joe Moorhead goes like 2-10 this year, are you still just all aboard him? Well, you, I mean, you got to factor in his record at Fordham and really just combine <laughs> That's them. exactly right. So, yeah. no, 2-10, I, I might, we might have some trouble there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. That'll do it for the College Football Bros podcast. By the way, Trey, you were right. It is QU, QU and Courtney. Ah, yeah. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. And come back in a couple days. We will have the SEC East and Championship episode. We will talk to you then. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, 
Like them on Facebook at College Football Bros. Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.